Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Startup Diary podcast. You literally rolled your eyes at me, Harry. I didn't roll my eyes. I didn't do the hand movement. uh, No, you did. Did I? Yeah, you went like that though. Like one hand up, one hand down, as opposed to two hands out. (laughs) You're listening to the Startup Diary podcast where we are trying to document our journey of building a startup. We are four years into it. Um, you, the, it, the start of not the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're 149 episodes into the podcast, so we're actually really happy with the degree of consistency we've given you, awesome listeners at this point in time. Party in Vegas on episode 200. Are we? Your wife wouldn't let you. Got, She'll you, be there. You've got a dog now, Harry. Yeah. We should talk about Frankie on one show coming up. But if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, you're probably wondering what these two guys are waffling about. Go back, listen to some old episodes. There's a bank of them to choose from. Basically, what we're trying to do is share what we've learned. We are in no way experts. We are just making it up as we go along and learning the hard way. And we're trying to make sure that on this show, you can learn from our mistakes. And today, it's probably going to be a super short episode. I just wanted to cover off a brief conversation that me, Harrison, we went Harrison then, so I went into work mode. Me, Harrison, and Mark our lead developer had. And it kind of just dawned on me this realization about the impact of growing a SaaS product, getting hundreds of customers using that product, and then the impact that has on uh, the the way that the company uh, rolls out new features, new development, and deals with customer support. So as we were like very new and we had like 10, 15, 20 customers, is we were always thinking, what's the next feature that we can build to bring the next 10, 50, 100 customers in through the door? And then all of a sudden, as, as that customer base grows, is uh, people find very unique situations in terms of, one, it might be bugs, or can the app do this? And then what we end up doing is what we coined as going on the defense all the time. So when we sat around the table the other day, I even got pen and paper out and was drawing these diagrams and looking at our, our Trello board. Excuse me. Looking at the Trello board. Held that down there. Give it out. And... The only thing that I really wanted to cover off on the show, and Harry, if you've got anything to add in, just jump in, uh, and I'm not sure how long or short this is going to be, but as the founder, there is a point in time when you need to say that the resources you have in the company are, are the thing holding you back. And there's, there's so many, there's blogs, there's everything that says, get to product market fit, which is like the product is perfect for the market and the thing will look after itself, but no one really t- talks about the level of support and resources mm-hmm. you need in the company to sustain your existing customers. Um, There's loads of things about customer success and customer champions and all that good stuff, but what we've experienced at this point in time is all the resources in the team are being dedicated to looking after and maintaining our existing members. And don't get me wrong, making sure they're 100% happy like is the only thing we care about. But on the exact opposite side of that is we also need to keep moving the business forward mm. to make sure that we are doing leaps forward to make sure that we're staying on top of the technology and we're trying to make a dent in this industry. We're not just trying to do like a quoting app because there's, there's loads of apps that do quotes. <clears throat> we're trying to do the smartest way for tradespeople to get their prices and products into an app to save them time and money. And we're at a risk at the moment of just maintaining what we've got compared to pushing things forward. The answer to that is real simple. We've got to build the team out. We need someone that just does customer support. <clears throat> and we can talk about the impact that will have on your role. Yeah. Just does customer support um, because that is a, is a massive distraction when you're wearing two very different hats. Secondly, the biggest hurdle that I'm going to face in the next three months is bringing new developers into the team. Because what we desperately need is when Mark is fixing something, and just to point out, we've got a bug in our app at this point in time where, let me just do the very quick maths, 
less than 2% of our users are experiencing this problem. But it is literally taking up days and weeks of people's time mm. to rectify this problem because that's how much we care that these guys wake up every day, use our app to build their business. But while that's happening, all the stuff that we've put in our product roadmap, the things we want to build, the things we want to get to, they're not happening. Like that bug has knocked everything back four weeks. And if we don't rectify it, it's going to knock it back another week. Whereas what we need is dedicated people in the team, like Mark, fix that, you build that new feature. Otherwise, what we end up with is everyone in the team just focusing on the things that are like stresses and not moving the business forward. So my goal is, is like get off the defense, spend some money, build the team, and have people that say, no matter what's happening with that app, we've got resource to fix it, to make it even better, to refine what we've got. But you, John, this is your product. This is the feature you need to build and it needs to be shipped in three months. So the thing that we can't do at the moment is say, you've told us you want all these features. In three months' time, this one's going to be live. In four months' time, this one's going to be live. Because we fit, Mark would literally shoot me if I did that. Because he's like, Adam, I can't do it. Because if something comes up or a client project happens... It takes all this time away, it? just it? takes all this yeah. time away. So the teething problems that we're running into at the moment uh, is purely down to resource but it's having an impact on how we operate as a business because we are on the back foot. We are coming in and we are putting out fires. Fix that, do that. How do we get this to work a little bit better compared to like, the mission of the business is to completely change how tradespeople do quotes and invoices. Like we're trying to make admin super simple. And there's a risk of when we get stuck in all this muddiness of like, oh, one of the users has got that problem and one of the users has got that problem. Because don't get me wrong, and I know a lot of our members listen or some of our members listen, uh, like tradespeople are the most vocal people I have ever met in my life. That has two things. One, when things are going well, they go really well. They shout and scream about how good you yeah. are. When things are going bad, everything's in all caps and it's the end of the <laughs> fucking world. Like, but I love that about this industry and I wouldn't change it for anything because you know exactly where you stand. But there's a risk that when one person has one problem, that everything stops and we just focus on that and we have to suddenly take a step back and say, why can't we fix this in, in this amount of time? We don't have the resource. Let's get off the back foot. Let's put more resource into the team. Otherwise, we're just going to keep doing small iterations for the next 12 months and we'll look back and go, the app hasn't actually changed that much. Like, we're not really hitting the core mission of the business. That was a long, old ramble for me, Harry. Um, yeah, no, it's just... Get it out there. It, it, like you keep saying, it is just resource. If you've only got one or two people focusing on something, you can't... like. At the moment, we're at that point where we can either build something new or fix things or make adjustments to existing things. <laughs> something might not necessarily be broken, but things can always be improved that already exist. <clears throat> if we had a team of developers, you could split them in half or whatever the split might be, uh, purely on fixes, refinements, improvements of existing bits while there's two or three guys just heads down into brainstorming and thinking of all these new functions and features to bring in the future. But if you don't, if you can't split your time well or, or at all because you've yep. only got, say, one guy doing something, then you're not going to move forward. And we are all about customer service, but like you say, it's, it can have a negative effect if you're not able to spread the load out from, uh, yeah, you, from support. You, basically, to... what's happened at the moment is the business is being put on pause when there's a problem. Yeah. And yeah, that, that can't basically. happen. 
Uh, and then the easiest thing is people say, why don't you just hire more people? But then it all comes down to resource. And what I mean by resource, it's like cash. Yeah. It's like what we're building with a SaaS product spits off eight pounds per month per user. You need to get to serious scale to make sure that that app can afford to pay for three, five, seven developers. So there's other things in the business that take part to basically bring money in to allow us to work with partners, manufacturers, suppliers, take that revenue, deploy it into the team. Um, and that's when we're talking about our alignment and what we're trying to do as a business and get the resources in, is my goal now is to work with Raj, work with Edie, build up the revenue, and then basically pump it into resources, into the team. Because there's a risk of just looking after, just looking after the community element yeah. of the business, whereas the end goal has always been build up an awesome community of people and then give them a product that makes their life a little bit easier. And, and, and there's a fine line between growing so obviously you need more money to be able to afford to hire new people but sometimes you need new people to help fuel that growth as well so there is a balancing act between the amount of resource uh, coming in uh well financial resource coming in to fund uh how much staff you've got to no exactly and like we we could we could go and raise money i just don't want to mm. like, i just don't want to take that burden on i don't want to waste my time for three months raising money what i'd much rather do is say actually we've got We've got a pretty cool product. We've got some great partners. We've got some good suppliers. We've got good engagement. Let's just go and monetize that from a manufacturer's point of view. But with the commitment of not just saying, oh, we've got extra money in the bank, literally saying, cool, once we hit this revenue goal, yeah. we've done this for two months, we're going to employ that person. And then it'll apply more pressure to the sales team, but it'll ease the development team. That's exactly, that's exactly what you said about uh, the websites. Once we've hit a certain threshold now, we need to bring someone in because Matt can't, sustain that he can't he can't do new customers mm -hmm. as well as support existing so now we need to bring someone in underneath him that yeah, can really ease the burden of the support for example so matt can build more websites yeah so it's just that it's just it's your challenge not mine to to find out to figure out where the threshold is where you can say okay we because everyone's working a little bit beyond what they can do yep but if you have two people in, for example, my role, uh, or the, use support, for example, like support is up to like 30% of my time. Mm -hmm. So it does distract me from my main role now. But if you brought someone full time in the support role, they'd probably be twiddling their thumbs for half the day. And uh, yeah, and that's my challenge. So one, the fact that you do support, um, and I think we'll name this episode something about like just resource issues because it's just generally a waffle between me mm. and you talking about some of the problems we've got about, it's kind of an HR issue to be honest, uh, fueled by funding and, and money needed for, for team. Is the, the role that you do, like the content creator side of what you do, like as soon as a message comes in that needs support, you physically have to drop what you're doing yeah. there and pick it up because it's very time sensitive. Someone like has an invoice and they're trying to send it. So like that is a huge distraction. My job is working out, cool, how do we bring someone in that looks after that 30% role? So we might say it's 30%, then what the hell do they do with the other 70% of the time that's gonna add value into the business? Yeah. Um, because what I don't wanna do is have someone sat there just doing customer support, answering 30, 40 questions a day, whatever it is, and then twiddling the thumbs, doing nothing. Yeah, because sometimes a day can be real quiet, like it probably takes up an hour of my day max, yep. whereas other days it can take half a day. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, half a day, just because 
as it, it, things just peak and show off, don't they? One day no one's got a problem, then all of a sudden the world's ending uh, for whatever reason it may be. But yeah, <laughs> so they could be real busy on a Monday, but then sat there twiddling their thumbs Tuesday, Wednesday. No, exactly. And, and one of my things at the moment is that there's creative ways to think about resource. Um, so in the future episode, we're going to be talking about how you deal with clients when you know you've undercharged for services and talking about how you basically bring the baseline of what you do up and having an open communication with clients. Because at the end of the day, what I found out is clients don't mind paying you. If you're delivering a good service and you are just transparent and saying, listen, we did this last year. Uh, these three things took more time than we expected. We didn't put invoices in for these. We could have and we probably should have, to be honest. Um, but in the next year, we just need to factor those into the relationship. There's very creative ways to think about getting resources. Um, and an example would be if a client of ours wanted very bespoke features in the app, we would charge them. Uh, we would say, okay, this is going to take four to five months worth of development time. We then say, cool, we're going to bring a new developer in and you're going to pay for the developer. So then two weeks of the month of building your products out, two weeks a month of paying for our products. Like you can do some really cool creative stuff with clients when you've got a good relationship up. Relationship up. Uh, <laughs> you've built a good relationship up. That's, oh, that's you. where your head I was I heard at. the sentence and I was like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> um, but from where we're at at the moment, this whole thing started is because I don't want the team to feel like they're on the defense. Because feeling like you're on the defense is not a positive attitude to come into work with. Um, when you feel like you're coming into work with a fire hydrant, putting yeah. out little fires left, right and centre, and they only feel like fires because that someone's speaking very loud and openly about them. And it doesn't necessarily have to be an issue that someone's having. It's just like customer support is an ongoing thing. Like Once we've got a customer that's paying us, and, and like maintaining that relationship is a commitment as well. And that, that is defence because you're just keeping everyone sweet. But having said that, I don't think it has to feel like defence. Because like the easiest, the easiest money to get next month is an existing customer. Mm. Because they can cancel every single month. The easiest person to, like, to keep revenue in the business is to make sure a current customer is happy. Whereas the idea of that 30% role might be, like, how do I accept car payment? And like you said, it's not always like there's an issue. It's just, how do I do this in yeah. your app? Don't know, where, don't know how to do it. Cool. The other side of it should be like them reaching out to power users and saying, cool, how are you getting on? What's, what's new? What's exciting? Because what we're not doing at the moment is having dialogue with our most active users with the people that have just come in and what they're struggling with and that person's role should be cool every friday they put a report in and say i've spoke to these 15 power users and this is what they're saying about the app i've spoke to these segments of people that are having an issue and it's experiencing mm. from these yeah. sort of device like it should just be an all-round customer success role and when i think about it like that i think okay the recurring revenue in the business is x on average a SaaS business churns three to four percent month on month okay that's the averages when you say that out loud, it's like 3%, 4%, not too bad. What that equates to is you churning nearly 50% of your users every year. Mm. On a monthly subscription service, 50% of users will come in, they'll go, and you'll bring new people in every single year. So you basically need to bring in 50% more customers throughout the year to have the same baseline. Going really geeky, I know, at the moment. But the easiest money is the people that have already signed up. So then if you say, actually, that person's job is just to reduce churn and make sure our existing customers are super happy, you do that by giving them great customer service. So all of a sudden, it's, they're not gonna bring in new business, but they're basically a salesperson because they're making sure that the people we've got stay with us. So there's ways to think about it yeah. a bit more creatively compared to he responds to questions about a bug. You know, no, he makes sure, he, she, they make sure that the current customers are happy and we measure them not off how many response tickets they send, but how many people cancel their subscription. And that's where my head's at at the moment. Yeah, and, and it financially makes sense for the business. And that's where, and that's what 
I don't deliver on. I I I am one hundred percent just responding to support yeah. issues. Whereas someone that has more time and that can be their main role is able to. It's more output as opposed to just <laughs> yeah, input. exactly. Input. It's 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 less being on the defense yeah. with that role and more being go out, find out, be proactive, mm. engage in a positive way, and that's what I want that role to feel like. Because at the moment we're having to look at all recorded feedback. Like, like I said, we gather around the table, we look at everything that we've reported on, and then we make decisions on what we should do next. Mm-hmm. But if someone re- did that every week, and then by the end of the month, it's like, right, these are the things that we need. These things need fixing, these things need building, yeah. and that will... Or just to go down another level, get like a real smart bot in that seat, and it's like... And I've smart l- bot. And I've looked at the data, <laughs> and we built this feature four months ago, but... 3% of our users use it, but it's causing all of my support tickets. Kill mm. the damn feature. I have no issue taking something around the back of the shed and shooting it in the head if it's something that only 2 or 3% of our users use. Like, we can't build very bespoke features. We're trying to build something that impacts each sector. So, like, heating engineers, plumbers, electricians. Like, but that person needs to know, like, guys, you thought this would be, like, the golden bullet, and you thought this was what everyone wants, but no one using it. And it's really complicated, and it's taking up real estate in the app. Like, I want someone to have that approach. Yeah. Because the, the amount of things that are in our app, I genuinely believe that when I send my email to Mark today and I say, out of all the users, what percentage have done this? How many people have done this? How many people have done that? That is going to shock the shit out of all of us, 100%. Hmm. There'll be something in there we go, we thought that was really important. And because our vocal customers are saying how good it is, we've just gone, it's really important. But three of our users use it. 17 of our users use it. 99% of our users use it, great, that's really good, let's refine that, improve it, make it easier. Because that role, we're really going off topic here, but I don't really know what the topic is to be honest, but that role should in theory drive everything in the app in terms of onboarding. So when that person says these are the five key things that people do and they do this one first, then they do this one, then they subscribe, then they go and do all these cool things afterwards, if they map that journey out based on the date we've got on all of our users, then we go, okay, so people do a quote first. So let's not even offer them the option to do a card payment or an invoice or a gas cert. Come in, make your first quote through that, collect the data, mm-hmm. whatever that journey looks like. <sighs> a lot of talking, high energy, passionate about this. It comes down to two things, getting the right people in the team and making sure we're all aligned. And I've got a full episode coming up about alignment. I had like a chiropractor session with one of the guys that I classed as a mentor recently. Hey. Went and just a chiropractor. I, I literally called it like a mental, like, I don't know what, is chiropractor one where they like snap you yeah, into that's place? Yeah, that's, that's your like, back spine yeah, cool. and all that. Like alignment is what I was getting at. It's like, oh. I, felt, I felt like my... I thought you just had a real intimate meeting. That was not... <laughs> Cheers, Simon. Uh, <laughs> like, I went in there in terms of like, we're doing all these cool things and I know there's a common trend underneath it, but there are bits, there's bits of mixed messaging, so I just need to snap it all into place uh, and make sure that we're really focused. So basically... From now to the end of the year, I'm making sure they're all fully aligned in what we do. And it's going to take us probably another six or 12 months to fully communicate that very clearly uh, and then bring all of our products and services under one clear mission rather than being a little bit fragmented at the moment. That would be a really cool show. Um, I'm just putting a bit of work into that one. It's good. How do they get in touch? Um, Email <laughs> harrison at experttrades.com or they can hit us up on the gram Startup show. Is it? Absolutely. It is 
100% startup podcast. <laughs> uh, if you search startup diary. Um, well, I'll be honest. Whatever we've been saying, people have been DMing and sending some questions. So just find us. If you can't find us, you're not eligible to submit a question. <laughs> That's like the barrier, even if we give you the wrong details. Uh, Guys, keep sending the questions in. This one has literally been a waffle. If this is your first episode, please go back. There are stuff in here that have some gems. This has just been yeah, me. Maybe not all the way back, though, because I, I, rem- I remember listen. some of them early episodes were not questionable, but we used to do them on a Friday afternoon. Well, With fear. Yeah. With um, fear. <laughs> but then again, they got some really good downloads and some really good feedback. Maybe we should bring the beers back. Guys, we will leave you there. This episode should be going live on Monday. So this is probably going live on Monday. Yep, yep, Monday. Um, yep. And Sorry, I frowned there, but... I've got a couple Monday. of listener questions we'll get to. So if you have submitted a question, we're likely to do those next week. What we'll probably do, Harry, is rather than just a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do like every other week, just do like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like a short answer a question every single day. Otherwise, at the moment, we're not going to get through all the questions that we've got in any reasonable amount of time. So we should do like a listener week. People love the length. Pardon? People love the length. If we spend 30 minutes answering John's question, John gets around, I know, but... Oh, you mean the put? Yeah, there is, there is a good value, actually. When The way that I frame it is, if, like, you, you literally say to me, like, we've got a, an email in, and then it'll be, like, it's a really, like, short one or two-liner. But mm-hmm. if someone writes with an epic email, and then we pull out loads of nuggets, then we'll spend loads of time. So, there you go. If you want a really short, snappy answer, like, uh, don't think of a question, <laughs> uh, then I, submit that in. But if you are looking for something that is very specific, we are more than happy to jump on and help if we can. And if we can't, we normally go and ask someone who can, and then we take that advice and bring it back to the show for you, because I am no way pretending. Like, I know everything. I just know all the mistakes that we've made so far. Yeah, I think if they send an email in, they should they should tell us what kind of response it was. <laughs> like, snappy or long? Yeah, and we'll helpful. just gauge it. Keep firing me, guys. We'll get to all the questions. I think we've got 10 or 12 lined up, so we'll try and pump some of those out next week. And we'll leave it there. Let's bounce.